Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Jackie Garlick, and we're going to be speaking about myths around IPL, specifically about, I won't get an ROI out of this purchase on the OI show. Before we get started with Dr. Garlick, I wanted to give a special thanks to Luminous for their support of this podcast. Luminous is the inventor of IPL, and they've present the first and only IPL that is FDA approved for the management of dry eye disease due to MGD. Introducing Optilite, a bright solution for dry eyes. Elevate dry eye management with Luminous's patented Optimal Pulse Technology, or OPT. Get the safe, precise, comfortable, and effective therapy your patients need to manage dry eye disease with Optilite. And now to the show. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. We are uh, pleased to have back from episode 29, I believe it was, Jackie Garlic. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? So good. It's good to hang out with you again. Uh, Jackie, um, you've got some cool things going on in the world of social media, in the world of teaching doctors. I've heard you lecture so many things. And then you've got this little practice that is just blowing up and doing well. Give us the rundown of how you spend your week. Yeah, this the weeks are busy, but I I do as you said, I have a private practice. I bought this practice in January of 2020 and have slowly um made a transition in this practice to it was very um much a primary care practice and there's still a, a huge portion that is primary care, but I've built out a dry eye specialty um area of the practice. So that has been growing and it is very fun to do. I love my days where I'm doing all dry eye patients. It's my favorite day of the week. And um yeah, so that that's what's happening. Lots of, yeah. lots of busy busy things. And then I I I have my you know social media. I have uh glance by eyes on eye care. So I write the formerly known as 2020 glance, but it is now it was acquired by eyes on eye care uh beginning of this year. And that has been really wonderful. So all good things. That is awesome. Uh, and so Glance is this quick little um this this quick little thing that you send out to doctors and it tells them the glance of what's happening, right? Can you give yes, me a better yeah. explanation? <laughs> That's how I see it. It's that's, that's, that's right. You you are correct. It was I started writing this little email that I would send out Monday mornings at 5 a.m. with just a, re, a rundown on clinically relevant optometry news. And so I include only things that I think are relevant to the practicing clinician. So new FDA approvals, promising new research. And um, it's a less than five minute read. And so that has been great. I've been doing that hilarious, hilariously. I don't know if that's really the word, but since 2016, it's been a long time I've been doing it. And then in January of this year, um, 2020 glance was acquired by eyes on eye care, which is a phenomenal team to work with. I know you have worked with them. Uh, and this, and, and so we sort of rebranded to call it just glance. And there is now an entire news site that is, all glancified, as we call it. So we take news stories and sort of dry press releases, and we break them down and rewrite them to a more easy to digest sort of news article that is a little more enjoyable to read, but still a great way yeah. to stay up to date. I think it's awesome. 
Um, I wasn't meaning your little practice. I was meaning you are spending a lot of time doing a lot of things. And this practice in 2020 uh, took off and then you've just blown it out of the water in the dry eye space. You have lectured on a lot of things in dry eye. And one of the things I've heard uh, heard you in the space of is intense pulse light. Having just bought a practice in 2020, many people would probably wait a while to buy something like uh, an IPL instrument. Tell me a little bit about the business decision that you went through, or were you just flowing in cash and you were just like, hey, you know, I just want to buy all the toys that are out there. Like, tell me about that concept of like going through and the business decision of buying uh, an, an, an IPL. You know, I, when I bought this practice, it was, um, you know, great for this couple of months and then COVID hit. So this was like a really terrifying thing for a new practice owner because you have zero cash flow coming in and you have zero reserves. Like I just bought this thing. Like, so that there was like a, um, fun, like panic, you know, kind of moment for a while, which actually in hindsight turned out to be a really good business lesson and, and, and like a, a here, just like push me right into the deep end of business ownership on what you can spend and what you can spend and what you need and what you don't need. But as things turned around, COVID sort of was subsiding. I, you know, it was, my plan was still the same to really grow out the dry eye specialty practice part, part of my practice. And I ended up purchasing an IPL in 2021. And I had made a few purchases before this to make a slow build up into my like big purchase of IPL, which I was like, I always know I need an IPL, but it's a big purchase. I don't know if I can afford this. Like, are my patients going to want to pay for it? Is are, are there patients there for it? And, the, you know, I sometimes I think you just have to, you know, in your gut that you do need this extra piece of equipment to really better treat your patients with inflamed lids. And you just buy it. I just bought it. So I I was sort of, I did the math in my head, like how many patients do I need to see for IPL a month to make my monthly payment? And so, you know, for me, if we want to talk numbers, my monthly payment is like maybe $1,400 a month, I think for the IPL. And I thought, okay, if I charge, you know, the going rate is around 400 a session, you know, how many of these patients do I need to see a month to make that monthly payment and, you know, to not feel like I'm losing money. And once I sort of figured that out, I had that in my head, but it turns out there's way more patients than that, that are, that are needing IPL during the month. So I think breaking it down for me, what number I I would, before I really bought it, I thought how many of these patients that I'm seeing need IPL? Like how many times would I talk about this? So I had an idea, like, do I really have you know, do I really need to sign up one person, one package a month? Well, do I have one person a month that would buy four sessions for me? And as I, once I figured that out, I mean, I had a spreadsheet of like people I wrote down, this person would do it, that person would do it. It really made the decision a lot less risky for me because I knew the patients were actually there. And so mm-hmm. although the, the number, the actual number, like price, um, you know, purchase price of the IPL is really sort of like a scary number. Once you break it down and really think about your practice, just take a good look at your patient base. How many times I do this with everything before I buy anything? How many times do I wish I had X in my day? And if I find I'm missing it a lot, then I know that the the device will pay itself off. 
Yeah. Well, as an innovator, you have that question often and you hear about something and wish you had it. And then there's some people who are just like, you know, they're not super innovative. And so they may not even being thinking about that other thing because they're just using the technology they have. But that's the beauty about going and learning about different treatments out there. So I have to ask, you know, there's quite a few IPLs that are on the market right now today. Um, there's kind of the the more ex, more expensive one, which would probably be OptiLite. And then there's quite a few that are more budget. Um, was it kind of like, okay, I, you know, I, I want to buy the budget one. And what was the deciding factor? You can tell us which one you have if you want to. Yeah. How did you make that decision? So I uh, had been talking about buying an IPL a lot with colleagues. And one person that I talked a lot about this was with um, Art Epstein. And so he was really helpful to me in several email exchanges of like why this technology was better than this technology. And he was very much into the mechanics behind the IPL, which to be honest, is a very, in my opinion, high level sort of way to think about it. And I think it's confusing for most people. It's kind of confusing for me still, but he was really helpful to walk me through some of that stuff that I was not totally sure. Like, why is there a difference in price point between these two things? And so I ended up buying the OptiLite. And after I used my colleagues a lot to help me figure out which one I should buy. So I had several colleagues who really liked the M22 product and, um, you know, I trust them. I mean, I think that's what it is, right? You, you trust them. You can see that there's clinical trials behind this particular device that was pushing me. They had the FDA approval that made me feel more comfortable. I think, um, you know, for me, my patient base is, um, well-educated and they ask me a lot of questions like, well, is this FDA approved? So I thought, I think this might be something that I really want to lean on and say, this, this got FDA approval. We are using this device for that. We're not using something off-label. And for some of my patients, they, you know, want to know these sort of um, deeper questions. And so that's kind of how yeah. I did it. I use my colleagues a lot. I looked at the clinical trials and just sort of signed the paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it not just signed it. You did a lot of research ahead of time. So we did something similar um, at the time I had two residents. And what we did is we just, we just went through all of the research. We looked at all the different papers and then we started to note that all of them were using Luminous's technology with the M22 and it was like, there was tons of them, the most, most of them, there was a couple that used different devices, but this protocol was consistent and, you know, Luminous invented IPL. And uh, then it came down to this FDA approval, right? At the time, um, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have a really clear uh, knowledge in our, in our state of whether IPL was something we could or couldn't do. It wasn't specifically put in our, in our state licensure that has changed. But, um, and so it was also along those lines of, well, I'm going to get an, uh, an FDA approved device as well. We went with the OptiLite, but it seemed as if, yeah, you're getting what you pay for in that, right? You you were getting an FDA approval. You were getting something that's been clinically proven over time. So you went into this with a monthly payment um, and uh, kind of a knowledge around that. Um, uh, 
so this is a financial question. Are you still doing a monthly payment or have you uh, paid your machine off now that you're two years down the road or how, how have you worked through that? So I have kept my monthly payment as it is, but I did Mm -hmm. pay off the device in in about eight months. So meaning Mm -hmm. the amount of money that that generated from having the IPL was enough to pay it off had I chosen to actually pay it off that way. Um, I am in the financial district in Boston, and it took a a pretty long time, I think, for my practice to kind of get back to where it was pre-COVID. You know, people are working from home a lot more and the city was a lot quieter than what it normally was. And so I think there was a longer lull for me to pick back up than like the suburbs. Um, You know, they certainly were booming, I think, in COVID because people were sort of out at their um, homes. So if in, in my experience, this took me about eight months to pay that off. But I have heard, and you and I have spoken about this, people are much faster at that. So I think I was maybe one of the slower ones that it took to pay that off. But Well, depending on where you're at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it from the perspective of if you divide the total purchase price divided by what you're going to be charging for four or five treatments or even a single treatment, mm-hmm. and then figure out how many you need to do. My usual recommendation in all of the practice management that I do when I consult with patient with the practices and, and so forth is at least a year. Like if you, you need to be able to say that this machine is going to be paid for in a year, there are obvious exceptions with things like auto refractors and tenometers where they don't necessarily generate revenue. Um, and you amateurize that maybe a little bit longer, but with regards to treatments like this, right, it's a, it's a year or less. In our case, we did it in four months, a little bit less than four months. And, uh, and, we bought it a little later than you. So you bought it in some earlier COVID years than we did. We bought it at the end of 21 and kind of rolled it out. Um, and that really kind of kind of got things uh, flowing pretty well for us. Um, so, so the return on investment seems to have worked out for you uh, from the money perspective. What about clinical outcomes? Are they where you expected them to be. Uh, so, you know, our patients getting, you know, sold a bill of goods by, you know, an amazing doctor or are the outcomes what you expected and patients will recommend it to others? So I think one, one kind of comment on the return of investment. Um, one thing that I hear a lot from colleagues or, and I think this is sort of a wrong approach to that is like, you will hear colleagues talk about IPL saying like, oh my gosh, this thing will bring you in all this cash, get an IPL. This, the cash will just flow right in. And I don't think that's an accurate thing to say to someone who's considering buying the IPL. I think that that is true if the clinician really believes that the technology works, because if you have hesitation on what that IPL is actually going to be doing, you will not be recommending this as much to your patients. And then you will have this very expensive piece of equipment that just sits in the corner of your room and you'll be disgruntled that you actually made that purchase. Mm, I think, I think it does it for sure. It definitely brings in a lot of cash, but I have seen now the results from IPL and I have a strong belief on on how well this will work with patients. So I'm very comfortable not, I don't think about the price when I'm recommending that to a patient, this is what you need. 
And, you know, certainly we talk about that when I'm recommending that to a patient, but I know one, before I had the device, just clinical trial wise and talking with my colleagues that the, that the technology works, but one that, that is one point that I think is like, I wouldn't say that that way to a person who wants to buy it. I would say, get comfortable with the research that's actually out there so that you actually believe it works before you make the purchase. And then it will, like, you'll believe yeah. it because it will work really well for you. But, yeah. you know, it, there is some, um, I think like, oh, this device is going to just, just the money is just going to flow in with this device. And it, it does not do that if you are not actually a believer. That no, the- you bring up a really good point with that. So thank you for saying that. I saw that in the world uh, when I worked a lot with tier science and we had brought in lippy flow, we paid a hundred grand for lippy flow and we brought it into our office. Now it's like $20,000, but we yes. bought it at a hundred. Right. And, and at the time I was billing, you know, over $2,000 for this particular service and boom, we got a return on our investment. Our patients, you know, got the outcome that they were looking for and I was committed to it, but all the while in working with reps and helping to coach them and them sharing with me what was happening is doctors were hearing about the financial outcomes. They weren't you know, digging into the research and figuring out how it was going to work for their patients. And like you said, they just bought this thing because they thought it was going to make them a lot of money and they didn't invest the time or the knowledge in how to figure out how to make it work for patients. And uh, that's, you know, it doesn't matter what you buy. It ain't going to just generate money for you. You've got to be putting in the time, effort, uh, research to figure out who are the patients that are going to benefit from it and, you know, what to expect. There's going to be times. I have a couple patients who we've done IPL on and it hasn't given them what they wanted, right? Our outcomes are good, but it didn't meet their high expectations. So setting proper expectations, mm-hmm. I find that sometimes doctors are just reliant on what patients tell them. And that's not a good thing when you first start a a treatment in your office, especially because you're new at it, right? You may not be as good in those first couple of patients after you get, get better at it, particularly with IPL, figure out the settings and how you do it. We have way better outcomes than we did in our first month now. I'm sure you do too. Same. So Absolutely. you can't just rely on that first experience of the first yeah. month. Uh, otherwise you'll be really disappointed. It'll sit in the corner and you'll be bitter about it from a financial perspective. That's a great perspective. I, I think it really helps to have a um, crew of people, so to speak, that use IPL. I mean, I looked to people that were had have been using it off label for years. And so like, how do you, how are you doing this? What are you doing for that? And how are you doing that? I think it, if you're on your own, it's a whole lot harder to like improve and say like, can I, how should, what should my energy be when I'm treating this or that? So I think it's very helpful to find people that do use IPL and are very experienced in it and reach out to them because that, that really is how you get better. It is not an instant. I'm good at it. It does take a little bit. Absolutely. Okay. So you bought the machine. You bought the most expensive one. You were a relatively early adopter. So you probably didn't get any of these big show deals or anything that they have going on nowadays. You figured out what is it going to take? I'm going to need to do sell one patient or do uh, three or four treatments a month. Uh, you surpassed that. You got a return on investment in eight months in one of the slowest times in eye care over the last 100 years. Um, 
So what do you think? Is this myth of, uh, of my patients won't pay, I won't get an ROI, is that debunked? I think that, so. that myth for me is totally debunked, I, but I see how it's out there. It's, it's an expensive piece of equipment. I think that the hesitation or that myth stems from the doctor's impression of the cost of the, like their own hesitation on recommending a treatment that's expensive and out of pocket. And I think you will get a lot better at your flow on how you explain that to a patient. But if you once you start, once I discovered, once I started talking about this, people are like, oh yeah, yeah. I do Botox this much. I do um, these facials like twice a week. People spend a lot of money on aesthetics. It is a huge industry and you are not going to get this IPL to treat people simply for aesthetics. You are getting it for an eye, for a dry eye treatment, mm -hmm. but it has these lovely side effects and patients are like, oh, this is wait a minute, this IPL is this much and your tear care is this much. Okay. IPL is three or whatever, four times the amount. I'll do that because that has a skin benefit with it as opposed to a tear care. And I'm like, okay, you guys are funny, but like people, people <laughs> will spend money on, on aesthetics and, uh, you know, but the, the, with the goal of better looking skin, it, it certainly is out there, but I think all of the hang up on that is literally from the doctor's perspective. But I was this doctor. I was like very nervous about recommending an out-of-pocket procedure until I saw the results of this. I was like this with tear care. When I brought that in first, that was, you know, now it's kind of like, oh, that's not even that expensive compared to what I asked for, for IPL. But at, with tear care, I was like, oh God, it's out of pocket. Yeah. It's this much. Yeah. Oh my God. My tone and my presentation of all of it was awful. And that was all my hang up. And then once people were like, oh my God, that worked so good. I'm like, oh, I know. Like once you get confidence in the device, it's so much easier to recommend it. And sort of, you think, I think less about the price. I say, this is what it is. If you can't afford it, that's totally fine. I'm, my job is to not tell you what you can afford. Yeah. It is to give you the options. What I would recommend, if that doesn't work, we try that, you know? Yeah. We were just having this conversation yesterday in the office with my resident is, you know, people put value on different things, right? And they may value an automobile and have the nicest automobile and not want to pay for a medical procedure and vice versa, right? There's people that, you know, drive crankety old cars and they've got $5 million in the bank because it's not valuable to them. It's just, we, we're there to present the options and educate them of why this is what we feel is the best for them or what they need. And if you don't do IPL in your practice, right? Find somebody who does. And if you see telangiectasia and you see redness of around the eyes and dryness, that's a great patient to send out for IPL. They'll thank you. The, you know, refer, the doctor you refer to will thank you. And it just brings about this betterment for patient care because it's all about the value, right? Mm -hmm. And as as more and more people see it and as more people in your office see the benefit, they're helpful in um, that educational process. Awesome. Any closing remarks here, Jackie? My closing remark would be, I would encourage everyone to not um, judge what you think a patient will pay for a particular treatment. So as you're saying, someone may spend a lot of money on some, on their, you know, I don't know. I'm just giving an Like if someone will come in with like really cheap, broken kind of looking glasses and you think, oh, maybe this person doesn't have a ton of money to spend. Uh, you have no idea what, what people will be willing to spend or what their financial status is. And so my, I would just encourage, you know, to, I would encourage clinicians to not 
to not bring up something like if they, if they're worried about bringing up something about the price to not judge that and just say, I'm treating everybody the same. This is what I see in you clinically. Here's what I would recommend. And to not sort of get a, a, a look at someone and think, oh, they wouldn't be able to afford that. So yeah. that's my closing remark. Yeah. Awesome. I think we've debunked the myth uh, that I won't get an ROI on this, but it, the, I think the key thing that you said that I really is, is you're right. You won't get an ROI if you're doing it for the ROI, but -hmm. if you bring it in because it's going to benefit patients, you've learned about it ahead of time. And, you know, I I know OptiLite does this. I'm sure other companies have something, but you know, what is that background in the clinical science? Do they have a good clinical implementation team that can help teach you and so forth? And if you dig into that and put your time and your effort in as much as you're willing to put your money in you're going to have an incredible outcome. I, yeah. Thank you for your perspective. Uh, what a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful conversation. Um, and thank you for joining us for this episode of OI show. Make sure to like, and subscribe and stay tuned next time for incredible guests like our friend, Jackie Garlic. <laughs> Thanks Dave.